episode number 75. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So I actually have a lot of stories to share with you, really great examples of where each of us can get stuck in our lives and how we have the power and how we can take responsibility for getting unstuck. And each time I have a story that I want to share with you, I open up my Excel doc and I jot down a few notes so that I won't forget when it comes time to recording. But when it does come time to recording, I have to decide which story I want to share. I do my best to keep the stories in real time. So if something comes up, even though I was planning to share a different story, I'll probably choose the one that is more in real time. And that's what's happening today. I still have a story that I want to share with you from when I was in New Jersey, a pretty big story, but that's just going to have to wait. But keep listening. I'll be sharing that story in just a few upcoming episodes. Okay, so what happened? I went to the mailbox. (laughs) Really, that's what happened. I actually don't go to my mailbox very often because I usually don't get a lot of letters We just don't. We don't get handwritten letters. And even most of our bills these days, they're electronic. In fact, most of the mail I get when I go pick up my mail, it's mostly just promotional stuff, honestly. So I don't really have a habit of going to the mail on a daily or even weekly basis, nor do I have a habit of expecting anything exciting. So I went the other day not expecting anything, and I noticed a letter that appeared to be official because it had a logo on the upper left-hand corner. And I noticed the words ARMY on it. And then I quickly glanced to see to whom it was addressed. It was addressed to my daughter, Ayala, who is 16. And I knew what this was about. I mean, I didn't know for sure because... I didn't grow up here in Israel, and I never went to the army. But this piece of mail was something I I have been dreading ever since the day we moved here about 10 years ago. I went home. I showed it to my husband, who kind of just smiled, I guess. I mean, he didn't really smile because it was funny. I think he smiled because he knew what I was thinking. You know, like fear, dread, disbelief, aversion. And... The words that he said to me that I did not want to hear were first summons. Again, I am utterly unfamiliar with this process of recruitment to the army, but my husband is well familiar with it, having gone through it himself. So basically, army service here in Israel is obligatory for everyone. Well, not not everyone, but nearly everyone. I do believe it's compulsory only for those people in this country who are Jewish, actually, which comprises of about 80% of the population. The rest of the population, Muslims and Christians and other religions, 
they do not have to serve, and therefore most of them don't. So it's compulsory for both Jewish men and women. And I say men and women, but in my eyes, these men and women are still kids, you know, like 18. Anyway, the process starts nearly two years in advance with physicals and psychological exams and interviews and selection processes. It's a long, long process until finally the army decides where you will be spending those two or three years of your life and what exactly you will be doing. And perhaps it's because I never had this army experience before that there's a part of me that just fears for my daughter and her three younger brothers, from going into this experience. I mean, if you haven't been to Israel, you may not really appreciate this image that I'm going to share with you right now. But literally, every day of my life, once I leave my little community, every day of my life, I see a soldier. Soldiers are everywhere in Israel. Yes, they are on their bases, but even when they are not on their bases, they stay in uniform. And so you see them everywhere. They're walking around with their M16 rifles. It doesn't matter if you're at the bank or the supermarket or you're on a bus or you're sitting on a train. You will see these 18-year-old kids in army uniform everywhere. And the truth of the matter is you kind of get used to it. I mean, at this point, it, it hardly phases me at all like it used to. And on the one hand, it's kind of comforting because it does offer you a sense of safety and protection. But on the other hand, it's just terrifying because of the reality these 18-year-olds have to live through. And if you haven't been to the army, and especially if you haven't been to the army in Israel, you really can't imagine the basic army training and the drills and the combat and the trauma and so much more that Israelis just accept as a part of their rite of passage of living in this country. Every kid goes through it. It's kind of like, you know, having a bar mitzvah or getting married. It's just, it is what it is. But for me, who didn't grow up with this and who hasn't sent her child off yet to the army, it's quite shocking. And that piece of mail, it just sent me into this place of shock. So at dinner that night, I was a little unfocused, you could say. All I could think about was where my daughter was going to be placed and if she would have to learn how to shoot an M16 and is she going to have trauma from this experience and is she going to even like this experience and is she going to regret this experience and I just had like thought after thought after thought were like coming to my mind. But Sitting there in that state of shock wasn't really helping me, nor was it helping my family who was sitting at dinner with me. And it's not to say that I can't have strong emotions about this, but the question is, were those emotions right there in that moment serving me or serving my family, or were they just hindering me from being present to this special family dinner that I was having? So yeah, I mean, I would say that I was stuck. And so always what I do when I feel stuck, I turn to the stuck method to help me get unstuck. So S, I took a stop. I closed my eyes. I allowed myself to remember that I was just sitting there, right, in that moment. 
Like, in other words, my thoughts were taking me to like another place entirely. But just being able to take that breath, it reminded me that I'm actually here in this chair at this table with my family. And I opened my eyes and I just captured that image of my family in my mind. And then T, I told myself I was stuck on, well, probably aversion was the biggest emotion I was feeling, not wanting my daughter to go to the army. I also don't want my daughter to get a driver's license, but that's a story for another time. You, why was I averse to my daughter going to the army? What thoughts could I uncover? Well, I believed that she's young and she could be spending her time like much better, like in much better ways than going to the army. But of course, in this you uncover step, what we need to do is look at our thoughts and ask ourselves if those thoughts are 100% true. Do we know for sure that, that they are true? Because most of the thoughts that come to our minds are limiting, and yet we believe them anyway. So could she be spending her time better than going to the army? You know what? I don't know. I don't know, because I don't even know what kind of experience she's going to have in the army. I believe that nobody should force my daughter to go to the army. Well, no, that's not true. And I'll talk about that in a second, because that's just, that's just what it is. If you decide to live in this country, or if you grow up in this country, that's just the way it is. <laughs> if you don't go, you go to jail. I believe my daughter is going to hate it. Is that true? Do I know 100% that she's going to hate this army experience? No. I believe that she's going to die. Do I know that? No, of course I don't know that. So none of the beliefs that I was able to uncover that was creating this aversion, none of them were even right in the first place. So I knew that there were other things that I could consider. So C, consider. I considered that this experience may be a great experience for my daughter and that these years couldn't be better well spent than being in the army. (laughs) Right? I can consider that. That's in the realm of possibility. I mean, I think back when I was 18 and I went to college like all my other friends did. And while I do believe that getting an education is important, I'm not convinced that going to college, especially if you're like clueless as to what you even want to study, is the best use of one's time at the age of 18. Honestly, I don't really know. Maybe taking a year off to work could be a better use of one's time or a year of volunteering or even a year of traveling to get some life experience. And so maybe the army could be a great experience for her. The truth of the matter is, she didn't seem so shocked or upset about that letter like I did. I considered that I knew about this compulsory armory thing when I moved here 10 years ago. It wasn't a secret. It's something everyone goes through here. And this is part and parcel in making a life here in Israel. I won't go into the politics or the history of this country, but just to say this country needs an army, just like every other country, to defend herself. This country is about the size of New Jersey, and it's just a part of life that one needs to accept. 
Unless, of course, you choose not to accept it and you choose to leave, which, of course, some people do. I considered that my daughter may actually love this experience, right? I actually have a good friend who is the principal tuba player in the Israeli opera. And she tells me that she had one of the best army experiences ever. Okay, so she played in the army's band, okay? And not everyone is going to have an experience like that. But I know there are some really interesting roles in the army, aside from combat, which my daughter, she may end up being assigned to. And beyond the, the interest and what she may learn from this, there may be some element of this experience that, that can really shape a person in ways that I can't even imagine. In fact, I posted a picture of my daughter and the letter that I received in the Getting Unstuck Facebook group just to see what others would have thought about those images and maybe what emotions they would have created. And one person responded, a new and wonderful adventure is about to begin. (laughs) The person who posted this is a mother of someone who has been through the army and apparently had a really positive experience. I considered there's a very good chance that she will make it through her army experience alive. I mean, most soldiers don't die, and certainly most non-combat soldiers don't die. So thinking that she's going to die, it's really a limiting belief. The truth of the matter is, I consider that I can't predict the future, right? In fact, it's one of the principles of getting unstuck, that things outside of us are not under our control, even though we very much want them to be right? I mean, really, anything could happen to her during those years that she's in the army. But the truth of the matter is anything could happen to her tomorrow, right? I mean, life is just so unpredictable, and we have no control over it. And so instead of trying to predict the future, or instead of trying to prevent something that I don't even know what's going to happen, I consider just being present with my family in that moment because that's all I had in that moment. And I guess one more thing that I considered, which was also from a comment in the Facebook group, which came from Caroline, who basically suggested that I considered watching how I may be placing my own thoughts and my own fears and imposing them on my daughter without realizing it and without really even wanting to do that. So just going through this process, I was able to shift myself out of that frozen place and into just being with my family. Okay, I told myself it was okay that I got stuck on aversion, and I held myself in self-compassion. So my dear friends, what about you? Is there something in your life that you are fearing the future of? Is there an event or maybe even a person that when you think about the future of it or the future of that person, you're filled with despair or you're filled with aversion or you're filled with uncertainty? Can you consider that you can't predict the future? And not only can you not predict it, you really don't have any control over it. And so worrying about it probably isn't going to be the healthiest choice that you can do in this moment. 
And instead, perhaps you could consider just this moment. And these moments that you do have that you can treasure. Okay, my dear friends, so we have one more episode before episode number 77, which is a multiple of seven. And if you're familiar with this podcast, you know that every seven episodes, I take a break from sharing stories, and instead I share something else with you. I recently completed reading a book, and I would like to dedicate that episode to sharing it with you. The book is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. So if you'd like to hear more about that book, be sure to tune in for episode number 77. Okay, my dear friends, thank you for tuning in. And please, if you have a thought or any kind of reaction to this episode, please do leave a comment for me on the website so that I can respond back to you. I would really appreciate hearing from you. I'd like to wish you a good rest of your day. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.shiragura.com.